This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone, Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo. And, Anthony, we're going to kind of reset here as the Mets get ready for or they're into the second half of the season. But last time we talked was before the All-Star break, so now we're a couple of weeks away from the deadline. We're into the second half of the season, uh, and, and the Mets are in Chicago right now. You're with them, and they're on the field as we speak. But I want to start by talking about Tuesday night because it was a game that, could have easily gotten away from the Mets in the ninth, but instead they come away with really an amazing victory. Bases loaded, nobody out, and they have to face some tough batters, and somehow they get out of it and get the win. How big a win was that for the Mets? Well, it was a huge win, and uh, it's not somehow they got out of it, uh, Tim. Right, that's it's, not fair. That's it's, fair. It's, it's true. Exactly. It, it's Jerry's familiar is how they got out of it, and yes, he got them into that jam. Um but for whatever reason, I feel like this guy gets a little bit of a bad rap. Um, I feel like those three blown saves in the World Series, which were largely not his fault, have stained his reputation, uh, when his reputation should be one of the best, if not the best, closer in baseball. Um, you know, he's got 49 consecutive regular season saves that he's converted. Um, he throws 98. He has that nasty sinker that people know it's coming and, and just can't hit it anyway. So, um, I think this he's a really maybe underappreciated part of this team and should probably deserve a little more love from Mets fans. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, it was a huge win. I, I think this is a this is a Mets team that's at a critical juncture of their season. Um, they're at a point when you know, things could go south in a hurry, or they could really you know make a nice run and get themselves back into a, a good standing in the National League Wild Card and even in the division. So. Uh, a really important time for the Mets to play well uh, this two-week stretch between the All-Star break and the trade deadline and uh, really see where they stand once once those chips fall on August 1st. It was amazing, too, the similarities. You see Familia get out of it in Chicago, and he was in a similar situation against the Cubs at City Field just a couple of weeks ago, and he got out of that one as well. So the Cubs can't quite get to Familia, and he has been great, and, and he does deserve that credit, obviously. Um, you mentioned that this team kind of could go two ways, and, and since we last did this podcast, Anthony, uh, Harvey had the surgery, the thoracic outlet syndrome. He's out for the year. Um, they've, this team has taken some, some pretty big punches, but they're still hanging in there, and I think that says a lot. Now you have Conforto back up, obviously, Nimmo back down, um, Cespedes is banged up a little bit now, and that caused Conforto to move over to right field uh, on Tuesday night. He makes a great play out there. Uh, Conforto went down to the minors, and it seemed like he went down with the right mindset. He went to Vegas, and he hit well down there. Now he's back up. Uh, how locked in is he now? How, how does he feel about the time down there and being back up in the majors? Well, look, he was the first one to admit that when he first went down, he was upset. He 
uh, wasn't happy about it, and it took him a couple of days, uh, as it should, really, to get his head screwed back on right. Uh, but once Michael Conforto did do that, uh, he started hitting, and, he, and really he started raking down there. Uh, he's too good for AAA, and uh, really when he's right, he's one of the better young hitters in the in the National League. So I think you're seeing that now. I think you're seeing a guy who uh, needed that little minor league stint to uh, get himself back to where he should be. And I don't think there's a ton of concern that uh, anything like this is going to happen again to Michael Conforto now. Will he have little times when he struggles? Of course, everyone does, especially young players. But I think by and large, you're going to see him be a productive hitter. Uh, like you said, it's just a matter now of where is he going to play defensively. He's a left fielder. That's pretty much all he's done uh, defensively throughout his pro career. Um, but Jonas Cespedes is a Mets left fielder now, and he doesn't want to play center, and the Mets don't want him to play center with that sad right leg that he's got. So uh, if they want both Cespedes and Conforto in the lineup, which of course they do, uh, the Mets are going to have to be a little creative here. Uh, that might ultimately mean playing Conforto in center field, which – doesn't seem to be like an ideal match on paper for a guy who's not the fastest, not the most athletic, and certainly has virtually zero experience in center field. Um, you might see him a little bit in right field, like you did on Tuesday night. Uh, Curtis Granderson can play center in a pinch, even though the Mets don't don't love that alignment. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of everything while the Mets figure this out. And I actually think it's kind of one of the more interesting uh, sort of personnel decisions the Mets are going to have to make over the next two, three, four weeks is if everyone's healthy, uh, how are they going to figure out a way to get both Cespedes and Conforto into the lineup uh, pretty much every day? And you have to somehow still be a good defensive team as well. So certainly uh, it will be challenging. Um, Let's talk about Jacob deGrom a little, Anthony, because as good as deGrom's been uh, throughout his career, on Sunday he kind of took it to another level. Uh, First career complete game, first shutout to go along with that. It's a one-hitter, and if it had gone differently, you'd probably feel even different about it because he gives up just the one hit, and it was to the pitcher, but because it was in the third inning, you don't talk about the fact that he maybe, you know, flirted with a no-hitter or anything like that. But how good was DeGrom on Sunday uh, at the ballpark in the press box witnessing it? No, he was sensational, and really he's been the key uh, to what's been holding this Mets team together, by and large. I mean, look at where the Mets were early this season. And uh, Syndergaard was pitching great, but uh, Matt Harvey certainly had his issues at the time. Uh, Steven Matz was pitching great, but he was already having some injury concerns, um, and so on and so forth down the line. Well, now Harvey's out for the year. Matz has a bone spur, and he's been shaky at best in recent weeks. Uh, Noah Syndergaard has a bone spur, he's had some arm fatigue, and uh, he also has not been what we've seen from him in the past. Um, Bartolo Colon's been pretty steady, uh, but certainly he's not that top-of-the-rotation guy for the Mets. So Jacob DeGrom is the one who stepped up really in a huge way and has developed back into the ace that he's been in the past for the Mets, and they really need it. Um, I've I said often this season that, you know, if you had one game to pitch, even when Matt Harvey was healthy, when all these guys were healthy and not dealing with anything, if you had one game to pitch that you needed to win, uh, I would give it to Jacob DeGrom regardless of what the numbers say. He, he's just got a growing track record of being able to come up big in the biggest spots, of being able to succeed on days when he doesn't wake up with his best stuff. Uh, if the Mets want to go anywhere this season and into October, they're going to need Jacob DeGrom to be healthy, to be pitching, and to be succeeding because you see, I mean, you see this weekend what he is when he's right. He's 
still one of the best pitchers in baseball. The trade deadline is less than two weeks away, and obviously we don't expect a a repeat of what the Mets did in 2015 to to get things turned around uh, and and head to the World Series. They've already made a lot of moves for one thing this season. They've been forced to because of the injuries. Um, Jose Reyes has come in now. They will get Zach Wheeler back at some point. You hope that's some kind of addition. But what between now and August 1st, what are the Mets looking to add, if anything, through trades? Well, they're going to add a reliever, certainly. Uh, they're looking at all the right-handed guys out there, and there are a lot of them, um, but they feel they really need one more piece at the back of the bullpen, one more piece they can rely on in addition to Familia, to Addison Reed, to Hansel Robles, who's been great. Um, so they're going to look to add a guy there. I, I think what's the interesting aspect, or the most interesting aspect, for the Mets leading up to the deadline is what do they do with their rotation? Certainly on paper, they could use another starting pitcher, which is shocking to say given, you know, how much time we've spent uh, lauding the Mets rotation over the past few years. But the fact is these guys are injured, there's a lot of uncertainty, and the Mets could use an arm. Now, do they go out and get a big one? Uh, I think that depends a lot on what happens over the next week, 10 days. Uh, They want to see Logan Verrett a couple more times see if he really is that major league caliber pitcher that they think might be able to hold down the five spot. Uh, They want to see how Zach Wheeler progresses. They're going to see him pitch off the mound in person this weekend in Miami, and I think that'll go a long way toward giving them or not giving them confidence that he's going to be a legitimate help for them uh, down the stretch in September. And uh, they want to see some of their prospects, specifically Gabriel Noah, who's kind of the top guy right now, at AAA Las Vegas, they want to see him go a couple more times and see if he's the guy who might be able to come up and help them. Now, if they're unsure about all of those, then I think they start seriously thinking about putting their chips on the table. They don't have a lot in their farm system, but they do have some guys left at the top to make a deal, putting their chips on the table and saying, you know what, we're close, we can make a run at this thing, let's go out and get a starting pitcher and uh, be sure that we, you know, like they did last year with Seth, but let's be sure that we're doing everything we can to make a run at the at the pen and at the title. Certainly going to be an interesting 10, 11 days leading up to that non-waiver trade line. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.